don't you just love children? Amen. They clown the door in their face, though. <laughs> you never know what they're going to do or what they're going to say. Amen. <laughs> uh, am I too loud? No. no. Not yet. No. <laughs> okay. Thank y'all for the beautiful music this morning. That was gorgeous, beautiful music. And, uh, and I'm so thankful we have a Savior who's worthy of that praise, aren't you? Amen. 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 And I thank God that there's people who are willing to use their gifts to the glory of God and, and the praise of, of, uh, of His name and song. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to the book of Isaiah chapter 1? We're going to be looking at Isaiah. I'm actually going to read 20 verses, and I'm not going to try not to preach every one of them. Uh, but I, I want to give you a, 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 an idea of the, the, uh, what Isaiah is dealing with in his day and the, the things that are going on in the temple of God. Uh, I want you to, a lot of people don't believe that we need to preach Old Testament because it don't mention Jesus. <laughs> Listen, Isaiah has more prophecies about Jesus Christ Amen. than any other prophet that ever wrote and he describes him to the, a T, and he got it <coughs> correct. Amen. The only thing they didn't know was he was going to be called Jesus. Amen. And and so uh, that's why a lot of people shy away from this. But uh, you know, they say, well, this just deals with Israel. Israel is God's chosen people. Israel has rejected Jesus Christ, and so he has turned to the Gentile nations. For those who will, and so we have, and in, 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 uh, we have become the chosen people of God, the church that belongs to Jesus Christ. We are the chosen people. We are not. We don't get to choose Him. He chose us. He first loved us. The Father drew us to Him, and we came. And that is how we became the chosen people of God in our day in the New Testament. So don't think for a minute the things that went on in the temple in the, in the worship time in the Old Testament has nothing to do with what's going on in the New Testament. Because there's one thing that we have seen throughout history, and all of you who study any history at all, realizes that history does repeat itself. Amen. Because the absence of the reminders of what happened in history will be done again because the hearts and the minds and the wickedness of mankind never changes. Amen? Amen. And so we can see the things that was going on in Israel. We can see the things that were going on in the temple of God and what God spoke to Isaiah about. And he uses some very, very strong language to the people who are supposed to be the, the, uh, the religious leaders of that day and to the temple that's supposed to be dedicated and be the house of God where worship is supposed to take place there. And we're going to read the things that took place in this, in this time, in this temple, and, and, and we can relate this to what we see actually going on in the United States of America and across the world in the churches that are supposed to belong to Jesus Christ. We can see it. And it's not all just about debauchery. It's not all about sex. It's not all about transgender. It's not about all of those things. It's about what happens to the heart of people that causes these things to take precedent over the worship of Jesus Christ our Lord. 
And so we're going to read this with, the, with this in mind. I want you to keep this in mind that what Isaiah is writing to the, the people of Israel and the temple of Israel is still an application for the church of today. Why? Because God wrote this. Amen. 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 That he is the author of this. He is the author of the Old Testament. He's the author of the New Testament. So let's begin reading in verse 1. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw a court concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord hath spoken. Everybody say that. The Lord hath spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know my, my people doth not consider. Ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors. And they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, and they are gone away backward. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick, and the whole heart faint. From the sole of the foot, even unto the head, there is no soundness in it but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with, with ointment. Your country is desolate. Your cities burn with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate, is overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage and a vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, as a besieged city. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom, and should have been like unto Gomorrah. Hear the word of the Lord, ye rulers of Sodom. Give ear unto the law of our God, you people of Gomorrah. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? saith the Lord. I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. When you come to, to appear before me who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts, bring no more vain oblations. Incense is an abomination unto me. The new moons and Sabbaths and calling of assemblies, I cannot away with it. It is iniquity. Even the solemn meeting, your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are trouble, are a trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Your hands are full of blood. Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil from your doings, from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well. 
Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fatherless. Plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Father God, help us, Lord, today. To allow you to break our hearts. <clears throat> Help us today to hear your word for one time in a long time. Help us to see what causes the destruction of the house of God. Help us to see the things that are detestable in your sight. Help us to see that no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we give, no matter how much we sacrifice, it is worthless if it doesn't come from a clean, washed heart. Help us, God, to see these things. And help us to see what the Lord tells us in these last verses that we must do to overcome the evil and the corruption that we see all around us today. Show us, Lord. Clear our minds of clutter. Take away the thoughts of the meal. Take away the thoughts of who's sitting next to me that I don't like. Take away the things that clutter our mind that we're angry about, that we want to bring to fruition and we want our will done. God, Remove those things from us. And for this one time, hear what you have to say. Hear what you tell us we have to do in order to be an overcomer, in order to become the remnant that you will spare when the time of vengeance comes. It's quiet here, Lord. Walk in our midst. May we feel you today like we've never felt you before because the time is so short for us to prepare ourselves to meet you. God help us today. In the holy, blessed name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 The title of this message is called When Our Sacrifices Become <coughs> Worthless. When Our Sacrifices Become Worthless. We see in this scripture the, the things that Isaiah was, was shown by the Lord. He had gone through, he lists here, uh, one, two, three, four kings. He went through more than four kings before it was over with. And there, the Lord spoke to him and he began to reveal to him the things that were not only wrong with the nation, but the things that were, were wrong with the people of God that, that worshipped in the temple. 
and the, the way that worship uh, went about in the temple. And he begins, if you're looking in uh, verse uh, number three, he talks about, you know, even the ox knows his own, who his owner is. Even the ass knows where to go to eat because his master feeds him. And yet he's accusing people, Israel, and even us today, that we're not as smart as a dumb beast because we don't realize where our strength and our power comes from. Amen. That we have forgotten the love of God. We have forgotten God and forgotten that we are a part of His church and we are have failed Him miserably. And he says, ah, uh, you're a sinful nation. <coughs> you're a people laden with sin. A people laden with iniquity. The country is full of evil doers. Listen. The church is full of evil doers. They are children of corruption. They have forsaken the Lord for what? For themselves. They have become selfish instead of unselfish. They have decided it's my will, not your will. And we have justified ourselves in convincing ourselves that we are just in our cause. Listen to the Word of God. God has not caused, called us to be people who judge in His church. He has called us to serve Him in His church and He is the righteous judge. Amen. We have forsaken the Lord, He says. We have provoked the Holy One of Israel. <coughs> you know, you can pretty much tell <laughs> when a church loses their love for God. You can pretty much tell when a person preaches deceit, lies. And if you can't, you're in trouble. Because the Word of God don't, don't care about my feelings and your feelings. The Word of God is about what He wants us to be and who He wants us to be and how He wants us to be those people. And we are to succumb to Him. We are to yield our hearts and our minds to Him. We are to turn vengeance over to Him. We are to turn judgment over to Him. We are to turn His church back to Him. And he says, these people who have provoked me unto anger, and he makes a statement, they have gone away backward. There's nothing worse in the church than the backslidden Christian. Amen. There are so many backslidden Christians in the church today, they don't even know they're backslidden. You know why? Because they have taken their focus completely off of the God of glory. Off of the King of our salvation. And they have focused it on trivial issues that in 10 years, nobody will even remember. We need to set our eyes on the things of the future. We need to set our eyes on the things that are eternal. And we need to stomp out the temporal things that cause us so much anguish and pain. 
That's what God wants us to do. That's what our Heavenly Father wants us to do. Why you should be stricken anymore? He says, the whole head is sick. Amen. Amen. The whole head is sick. And the whole heart is faint. Why? Because you're backslidden and you've gone backwards in time instead of forward to Jesus Christ. Amen. We revert back to our old self, our old carnal fleshly nature. You do to me, I'll do back worse to you. You hit me, I'll hit you. You spit on me, I'll beat you to death. That's our carnal fleshly nature. <coughs> this is the nature that displeases God. And we see it all the time in His church. Amen? Amen. Amen. I dare to say there's been people walked in that door this morning. The last thing on their mind is worshiping Jesus Christ today. They're filled with anger and resentment and things that's going on that they don't like. And that's all they can think about right now. That is not supposed to happen. We're supposed to come into the house of God. And we're supposed to come in wanting to see Jesus. Wanting to hear Him. Wanting to hear His Word. Wanting to repent. Wanting to please Him. To call on a holy man. A holy God. His name is Jesus Christ. If you came here for any other reason, you're here for the wrong reason. God wasn't happy with his people. And if you think you can live this way now and be happy, you're wrong. He's not happy with us. It says, from the sole of the foot, even into the head, there is, there is no soundness. When you get these kind of attitudes, there's no more reasoning. There's only what you want. And if you don't get it, nobody's going to be happy till you do you don't care if you destroy the church. You don't just care who you hurt. You're going to have your way or you're not going to be happy ever. Amen. I'm preaching to you today. Amen. I'm preaching to me today. Amen. It ain't about me. It ain't about you. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is the one who died for us. And look at what he said. This is his description of how we are. From the sole of the foot even to the head, there is no soundness in it. You have wounds and you have bruises and you have putrefying sores that have not been closed. Neither bound. Some of you have got your feelings hurt. Some people can't stand it when they get their feelings hurt. They can't get over it. You can't just give it to Jesus, put it in His hands and forget it and let Him take care of it. That's His work. You can't forget what's bugging you. You can't let it go. And every week, every day, you lay around and you think, how can I get my way? How can I get even? God help us. That is not His church. That is not His way. And in this scripture right here, he says you have these wounds, you have these bruises, you have these purifying sores that have been not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. I am so thankful for what the Bible, what Isaiah went on to tell us about this. 
Listen to this scripture. This is Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5. Listen to this. But he was bruised. Hallelujah. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. You don't need to carry a wound. You don't need to carry a bruise. You don't need to have an oozing sore in your whole, in your body, and in your heart. You need to cover it with an ornament. It's an ornament that only Jesus Christ can apply to you. It's the only way you can get over the ignorance and the stupidity that you bring forth every time you walk in the door and you cause chaos in the church and you cause division in the church. There needs to be a healing of the wounds. It needs to be bandaged and it needs to be covered so that it don't ooze out all over everybody. You say, well, yeah, you sure preach mad a lot. You know what I'm reading here? God's mad. Amen. God don't like that. And listen to me. He goes on and he describes the country and what it looks like because of these feelings. And he says it's desolate and on fire. You see, in this last election cycle, we saw our cities across America being burned. It says also here that strangers devour in your presence. We are overrun with strangers every day. Thousands of them come in. They're overrun. Why? Because we, as a nation, we, as a church, have backslidden away from the living God. And we see the fruit of it in our nation today. Where does it stop? More importantly is how does it stop and who can stop it? We can't. Have you ever tried to stop a runaway train? You see a runaway train, how many of you get out there in the track and go, I got it. <laughs> Superman did, but I can't. And we're at, there's a runaway train. It's called sin. It's called iniquity. It's called backsliding. And it's going down a steep slope. And there's nothing that can stop the crash that's going to happen unless we call on the name of the Lord. The name of the Lord and Jesus Christ can stop that train dead in its tracks. Amen. But he don't just come and do that. I wish he would. Don't you? Amen. He, he could make it easy on us, couldn't he? He didn't die to make it easy on us. It wasn't easy on him to do what he did, and he don't make it easy on me and you either. Things don't just take care of themselves. Amen. Let's go on and look at verse 9. Except the Lord of hosts had left us a very small remnant, we should have been as Sodom and Gomorrah. Listen to me. Sodom and Gomorrah was utterly destroyed. There was nobody left from those cities. But in his mercy... He has left him a remnant. Y'all, he's got a group of people who do pray. He's got a group of people who do fast. He's got a group of people who do study his word. He's got a group of people who bow down and worship him routinely with their hearts and their lives. They cry bitter tears 
for the people of God in their churches and in their nation. That is the remnant of God. Amen. 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 Is that what you're doing? Are you praying? Are you turning it over to Jesus? Are you calling on His name to show you a peaceful way to handle the situation? Are you calling for war? Because if you're doing that, it ain't Jesus. Amen. 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 And because of this, because of this attitude, because of these wounds that are, are, are oozing and keep running and they become putrid sores because they have been no balm put on them, because they have not been under wraps of the Spirit of God. He says this, look in verse 10. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Sodom and Gomorrah here, he's talking about Jerusalem. He called them that in, in Revelation that, we just, that we've been studying. This is who he's talking about. He's talking about Jerusalem. He said, uh, he said, look at verse 11. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? If, if you have this attitude, if you come into my house angry, mad, upset, and leave angry, mad, upset, you have not sacrificed anything to me. I do not accept a sacrifice given to me in those terms. You don't dictate your terms of giving to me. I do. I tell you what a cheerful giver is. I tell you how I bless you. And I want you to give in my name because you love me. Amen. You ain't going to buy your way out of these things. You're not even going to serve your way out of these things. I don't care what you do in this building or what you do outside. You're not going to get nothing right unless your heart is right. Amen. 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 And he says, look at this. This is the way. Now, God instituted these offerings. And if you, we studied uh, Genesis through Deuteronomy, and when we got in the book of Leviticus, he began to talk about the offerings and how they're supposed to be presented. And he had daily offerings. He had weekly offerings. He had monthly offerings. He had annual offerings. He had special occasion offerings. He had all of these feasts and all these, and all this stuff went on simultaneously all through the year. It was offering it. How many animals did they kill? How much blood did they, did they pour out on the ground? How much? And he did it. Why? To roll their sin away. He did it for them. But listen to me. If you remain in your sin, the Bible says, and you sin willfully, there remaineth no sacrifice for your sin. That's what Isaiah is preaching about here. You have the wrong attitude. You have taken advantage of the blood of Christ. And you have taken it and you have believed the lie of the deceivers that's been going on for a hundred years in this nation where you can be saved and now you can live any way you want to and you're okay. No, you're not. The Lord said here, no, you're not. The Lord says here, you're not even my child anymore. You're sledding backwards and I don't accept anything from you. And look at what he don't accept. He said, I don't want your offerings. I don't want your ram. I don't want the fat of the beast. I delight not in the blood of books. He goes on. He goes on. Bring no more vain oblations. I don't know what that means. Jesus said in Matthew 15, 9, In vain they do worship me. That's a vain oblation. 
teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. That is vain oblation. We see that prominent in our churches today. We don't preach the doctrine of Jesus Christ anymore. We teach the doctrine of men now. What seemeth right in our own eyes. What we say God will accept and what He won't. We got it wrong. We put up with way more than He does. Why? Because we all want to fall into that category where we can do that too if we want to. God help us. Amen. <laughs> it ain't my way of the highway, it's his way of the highway. Amen. 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 He said, so don't give me any more of these vain oblations. Incense is an abomination. Do you know what incense in the Old Testament was, was a picture of today? The prayers of the saints. He said, I don't even want your prayers. I don't want to hear any of it. I don't want to hear nothing from you but one thing. And he ain't heard it yet. From a church that is steeped in wickedness and selfishness and self-will. He ain't heard it yet. Mm. He said, I'm sick of your new moons. I'm sick of your Sabbaths. I'm sick of the calling of the assemblies. I am away with it. It is iniquity. Even the solemn meeting. That's what we're having here right now. The solemn meaning where people came together to hear what thus says the Word of God and yet they left and they didn't hear a single bit. They came in wrong and they left just as wrong or maybe worse. Mm -hmm. It's quiet in here. And y'all got to know I'm preaching to me too. Amen. He says your new moons and your appointed feasts my soul hated. Wonder what he thinks about our Christmas celebrations, our Thanksgiving celebrations, and our Easter celebrations now. Does he hate our celebration? Why, why would he do that? He would do that because we're not doing it for his glory. We're not doing it because we love him. We're doing it because it's a habit. Yeah. Yeah. We need to get out of the habit of Jesus and get out of the control of Jesus. Yeah. We need to quit saying we love him and we love the church when you don't do it. When what you do proves you don't do it. Amen. We gotta get away from this junk. This is junk before God. Yeah. We gotta worship him how? In love with a true heart. Have you ever heard somebody walk up to you and try to say, I love you, and you knew they didn't? Yeah. I'll tell you this. You'll never hear Jesus do that. Amen. Because when he loves you, he does. Amen. Amen. He said, I am weary of all of these things. You spread forth your hands. That's what he's talking about, y'all. People get up and they come to church and they sing. By the way, singing is praise. Amen. This is praise. He's telling me your praise don't mean a single thing. What is worship? Worship in, throughout the scripture 
You can't find it any other way. They fell down before him and worshipped him. Singing and praise is only a part of worship. True worship to God is when we bow down and tell him, you're God and I'm not. You're God and you've done all of these things for me. I love you for those things and I'm thankful that you love me. That's worship. Amen. We, we need to worship. We need to bow down. We need to fall down before Him. I get hear people all the time, well, I've repented. You know what that means? I've said, I'm wrong. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that anymore. And yet, two weeks later, we're doing it again. We're still talking about it. We're still trying to do it. You haven't repented. You've tried to make yourself feel good, but you haven't done it through Jesus Christ. You haven't applied the bandage and the ointment. And your wound is putrid and it stinks. And it's running and it's oozing out of you and your words and your worship and your praise and everything you do. You come in mad, you leave mad. That's the oozing of the sore that's in you, in your heart. And as a result, God's not interested in what you do at church. when you spread out your hands when you do this and reach for heaven look at what he says I will hide my eyes from you there's a picture of a little baby that's done wrong and you've gotten on that baby and they follow you around like this and you ignore them because you, they've done wrong you don't want to think it's okay they did wrong that's the way we do him. Mm -hmm. We follow him around. We raise our hands. We worship. We do all these things. But it's from a stony, putrid, sword heart. Amen. A bruised heart. Amen. And he says this. I will hide my eyes from you and when you make many prayers. Y'all hear that? Mm -hmm. I will not hear you. Lord, you know how old brother so-and-so has been acting. I wish you'd do something about him. I wish you'd give me the power to set him straight. And I pray that you'd make him humble to me so that when I tell him the truth, he'll know it's the truth. And when two people believe they're right and they're, they're about the opposing views, one of them wrong. Well, I'll tell you this. God is never wrong. Amen. Never wrong. And He's telling these people, He's telling the church today these things. And so it don't have to be this way. It don't have to be this way. Why? Because He's given us the bomb. He's given us the ornament. He's given us the bandage for the wound. Look in verse 16. I love this. Wash you. 
Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? Everybody said, oh yeah. 50 years ago when I got said, have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb today? Because you don't just wash one time. If you did, I wouldn't have to take a bath. But every six years instead of once a week. <laughs> we got to wash. He said, and that's his, the first thing, that his solution. He said, wash you. He don't drag you down. He don't drag you down and pour his blood on you. You have to come to him. You had to bow down before him. You had to call upon his name. You had to repent and say, Lord, I don't know who's right. I don't know who's wrong. And I don't really care because you do. What I want is peace, harmony, and love in the church. Are you willing to pray that prayer? Are you willing to tuck self away? That's all we get to do with self, tuck them away. They keep showing back up. That's why we got to wash often. Amen. He said, wash. Look at this. Make yourself clean. Last time I looked at my scripture, there ain't but one thing that we can wash in that makes us clean. Right. Amen. And that is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Who can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's time for us to wash in the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Uh, it's quiet in here. I know people are he talking to me. He talking to me. The Lord talking to me. He's talking to every one of us. Amen. Amen. Time to wash. Time to make yourself clean. And look, and don't stop there, Brother Troy. He says you wash and make yourself clean. And then you put that junk away. Amen. We claim we do it, but we don't put it away. So we hadn't done it. Amen. Put it away. Put it away. The evil that your your doings are before my eyes cease to do evil. Whoever started preaching that it's okay with God for you to sin, I wish that I don't wish nothing no. I hope they found peace with Jesus before they died. Amen. Amen. He says, cease to do evil. And then he says something else. You wash. You put away. You cease. You learn. Verse 17. Learn to do well. Seek judgment. Relieve the oppressed. Judge the fathers. Plead for the widows. That's what Paul describes as true religion, by the way. Amen? True religion. Not this phony play religion where we do things for God. This is the religion that God uses us to do things for Him. We have to learn of Him. We have to learn what to do. We have to learn what is well. Amen. Think about this. We have to learn these things. Listen to what Matthew 11, 28, 29, Jesus said this, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And what would He do? 
give you rest. Now, if you go to him and he don't give you rest, something wrong. Yeah, he ain't done it right. Amen. Amen. Take my yoke upon you. Well, you know what his yoke is? Y'all know what a yoke is, don't you? You know, cow and break it through the fence, that thing didn't look like this, and you wonder if they hang it up and they catch on things all the time. The yoke of Jesus Christ is a restraining. <clears throat> Y'all hear that word? A love that restrains and constrains itself. That's the yoke of God. The, the very yoke that Christ himself wore as a man when he didn't say drop dead. Because he knew if he did, they would. Where he didn't take his anger out on the people who were persecuting him. Who he were doing ill to him. And that is the yoke that he wore. That's the yoke he says for us to put on us. The restraining love and grace and mercy of God. And learn of me. For I am... What do we need to learn about Jesus? He said, he goes on to say, For I am meek and lowly. Notice he didn't say, I am God and I'm arrogant and I'm proud and anything I say I can do, I will do. He didn't do that. He said, I'm meek, I'm lowly, where? In heart. And you, you, if you will live this, will find rest for your soul. The things that eat you alive, <clears throat> give them to Jesus. And you will find rest for your soul. How do we do this? Verse 18. Come now. <clears throat> I tell you all the time, this is his invitation we're fixing to have. And his invitation is always the exact same. Come to me. A few will come, but more won't. Come. And look what he said. Let us reason together, said the Lord. He ain't talking about you and the one you fight with. It ain't a good idea when you're mad and angry and hate each other. They'll get in the same room together and try to reason out stuff. He says, come and let us reason together. He wants you to reason with him. Not them. Him. And that is the reason we have so much confrontation in the church. We don't want to reason with him because we know, you know what he's going to tell us? Back off. Stop what you're doing. Desist. Give it to me. Trust me. Put it in my hand. I can handle what you can only make worse. God, what a hard lesson for us to all learn. Hmm. Come. Let us reason together, saith the Lord. And then he makes us this promise. When you do that, when you come to him and you begin to reason with him, he says, makes this promise, though your sin be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now I want you to look at this. What is he talking about? He's talking about the application of the blood of Jesus Christ. And that day he was talking about the application of the blood of the bulls and goats. There's a difference. We have a once and for always sacrifice. We have a blood that continues to work, to cleanse, to heal, to make these things that he just described good in our lives. He says, come, let us reason together. 
and I'll make your sins as scarlet. They shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And then he adds one. I'm fixing to close. He adds one more thing. If. You see? You hear that word? That means what I will do for you is contingent on what you do. Amen. And this is another place preachers over the years have messed it all up. Mm -hmm. Oh, you get this from God because He said you would. And then forget that part about if. Mm -hmm. You will. You remember one of the people came up to Jesus and they wanted some healing. And, <laughs> and Jesus said, I will. And it just dumbfounded the guy. And then He asked him, what do you believe I can do? And He wound up telling him, I believe you can do this. And He did. And He will for us today. Amen. But it's contingent on what you believe. Mm -hmm. What's in your heart. And what you bring to Him to reason together with Him. Amen. This is all contingent. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Amen. You want healing? You want reconciliation with a brother and sister? Let me read one more scripture and one close. Let me read you this, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what it means to learn about Him. Romans 12, 9 and 10. Let love be without dissimulation. That means love without hypocrisy. Well, I said a while ago, how many of you ever had somebody tell you you loved you and then you knew better? <laughs> you have to love without hypocrisy. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. And then you have be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. We got to put their, them first. They lead back to the golden rule. We preached the other night, other morning. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Amen. I'm going to close now. Take y'all over to John. I want you to know what the New Testament says this looks like. We need to come worship. We need to come bow down. We need to come meet Jesus. We need to come and ask Him to wash us. We need to bring all of those sores and those bruises and those things that have got us so upset and we need to bring them to the altar and we need to talk to Him and give up to Him. John, 1 John chapter 1, beginning in verse 5. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, Jesus, and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, what? Cleanses us from our sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Mm -hmm. And the truth is not yes. in us. Amen. You know what happens most of the time? We think everybody else is in sin. We're good. Mm 
They wrong, we right. You know what the Lord says? Both of you are wrong. They're mm -hmm. even having that attitude. If we confess, here's the, another if. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar. And His work is not in us. We're wrong. Jesus is right. And we need to apply that point of His blood to our putrid, bruised, wounded heart and life. Just give it to Him. That's the Word of God. That's the way of God. And that's what it's going to take to heal the church. And that's what it's going to take even for a nation to heal the nation. That's what we preach. Are you ready? Are you ready to reason with God? You know, I made myself a little notation. I said, I ain't going to take, say it, but I am. Most of the time, those who need repentance most, those who need to bow down before a holy God, the worst <coughs> will be the ones who will not. Y'all hear that? <clears throat> they will not. They'll come in and leave out the same way they came in because they will not. Do you really love the church? Two yeses. Do you really love the church? Six yeses. Do you really love the church? That's still bad. Do you really love the church? Do you really love Jesus Christ? Are you really saved? Then learn of Him and obey Him. Because that's the if He throws in. If you love me, Keep my commandments. Amen. These are commandments. If you want to know how to heal the church, <coughs> right here. Bow down. Put some balm. Put some ointment on those wounds and those bruises. Because Jesus Christ was wounded for us. He was bruised for us. He took the iniquity of the Father that he was willing to pour out on me and you. And he absorbed it himself. We owe him. He does not owe us. Amen. So let's come to a payment today. Let's come and bow before him and reason with him. What can I do to be better? What can I do not to be backslidden? What can I do to promote brotherly love? What can I do to bring unity to the body? What can I do to serve you, not just in here, but out there where it counts the most? Amen. What can I do? What can I do? What have you done for Jesus this week? And did you give him the glory? 
when you need it. We're just here. Come. He said, Come, reason with me. What's eating on you? Don't stand there and say, I ain't going up there. Be, be that way. You won't get healed. You won't get that festering wound of yours that leads you to contempt in the church. Come, come. Don't hold back. Come. What are you waiting on? There's many coming, but there's more that needs to. Would you come? Would you come? Call on His name. Reason with Him. Lord, I want to be a valuable part of Your church. I want to be a vessel of honor. I want You to use me. I want You to work in my heart. I want You to work in my life. Would You pray? Now come on, sit down. Come on. Come on. Y'all need to talk to me. Just motion. I'll be there. Would you please come? Please come.
thank y'all so much uh, for being here today. I pray that you reasoned with God today. I pray that you heard what Isaiah so many hundreds of years ago <clears throat> told the children of Israel in the very beginning, talked to the temple of God and told them exactly what the Lord said was wrong with them. He didn't sugarcoat it, did he? We're not supposed to sugarcoat the things God is displeased with. We're supposed to know them in truth and learn them and apply those to our lives and teach those to others and never be ashamed. We know a lot of people don't want to hear it, but we have to tell them anyway, don't we? Sometimes we do. Sometimes we don't. Thank you all for coming today. Thank you for blessing God's church today with your presence, but more than that, thank you, Jesus, for blessing us today with your presence. Amen. And I hope you leave this place changed, better, cleansed, washed. Amen. And that that wounded heart of yours has the bottom of Christ's blood all over it. Then we can be the church tomorrow. So that happens. God's not happy with us. Thank you. Amen for being here. Amen. Songs are beautiful today. The worship was beautiful today. The bowing before God, Brother Jerry, was beautiful today. We need to do that more often, don't we? We need to do that more. Pray for one another. Pray for those who you think use you and despitefully use you. Pray for them. Do good to them and see what God does for you. I, I dare you. That's his word. Let's be kind, affectionate, and gentle. Let's love each other in the will of Jesus Christ. Because we love him. Amen. Brother Bell, I didn't get to say hi to you this morning. Well, Sam, I'm sorry about your brother. Diane, uh, where does he live? Yes, <coughs> You're going to let us know when they're riding with the bus. Okay. We love you. We love you. Pray for you and your family, for his family. So, would you dismiss this brother? My father, we come into your presence once again. <coughs> Lord, your word's gone forth this day. We just, uh, you know, everything that you said had pertained to the nation of Israel. Lord, it pertains to our country, all the whole world, really. It comes down to all sorts of things to our church. So many times we just we try to do things what's right in our own eyes and everything. But so many times we make mistakes, we <coughs> say things wrong, we get things wrong. And, Lord can always look back and see how we messed up, should have done this, should have said that, or should not have, whatever. The Lord has been preached to us this day. It all comes down to that one little old verse where it says, if you be willing. And Lord, you could, you're not going to force any of us whatsoever to do anything. It's got to be us that are willing to be willing to acknowledge, confess, Got to make amends or whatever. It's not up to one individual, it's up to each and every one of us as a church. 
You know, Lord, we know that you tell us in your word that we're one member of the church suffers, that the whole church suffers. Yes. And Lord, we know this is not a perfect church. There's not a one of us in here that is perfect. Lord, all our faults, all our shortcomings, we do mess up. And Lord, we ask you, and you and a precious one, to cleanse our hearts. Help us to be willing to do whatever the Holy Spirit touches our hearts and predicts us about. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.